To truly understand the journey that Manchester City have been on in the 21st century, you have to go back to the end of the 20th century. You have to think of Kevin Horlock instead of Kevin De Bruyne, to consider Paul Dickhoff instead of Erling Haaland, to make the mental leap from Ederson to Nicky Weaver. Without a dramatic third-tier playoff win over Gillingham in 1999, all the glitz and glamour that followed, the Pep Guardiola era might never have come to pass. No Aguero moment. For all the legitimate discussion of where City's money comes from and how it's spent, whether they've broken some rules and bent some others, there is a romantic element about fans who travelled to Lincoln and York in the late 90s and who are now going to Istanbul to watch their team face Inter in the Champions League final. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. It's the biggest club game of the season. Manchester City chasing the treble of Premier League, FA Cup and Champions League. Mark O'Hare's been firing out winners left, right and centre all season. He's with us once again. Mark, no surprise to see that City are the 1.5 favourites to win here inside 90 minutes. But what we do know is that Inter under Simone Inzaghi are cup specialists. Yeah, they are. Um, and this might not be the walkover that the odds suggest. Um, it is the, the most lopsided betting heat in a European Cup final since 1989. Uh, on that occasion, ended in a 4-0 win. So we're hopeful as neutrals we don't get such a kind of dumb demolition job just like that. But um, I don't think it will be. Uh, but obviously City deserve to be super strong favourites. They have been the best ranked side on the planet for quite some time and quite some distance too and we've seen them when they do reach top gear but they are very difficult to stop but uh, yeah something feels a bit different about Man City this time around and whether it's because they took revenge off Real Madrid or the way in which they saw off both Bayern Munich and Real Madrid and, and reeled in Arsenal in the title challenge or whether it's Pep maturing and, and settling on a, a starting eleven and putting his faith in that team and his tactics and you know the big matches that matter or, or even you know into being the opposition I don't know what it is really but there, there feels a, a confidence and an air of a real air of confidence around Man City right now they seem comfortable in their own skin they feel bullish um, and that's not always been the case because the last time they were here of course Pep Guardiola pulled a few wobblies um, and there was I think there was probably an element of imposter syndrome as well when City reached the Champions League final I don't think that's around that they've had that experience now too so you know, last weekend they went to the FA Cup final. They weren't at their best, but they got the job done. Um, there was a strange drift actually on Man City in the 24 hours leading up to kickoff, and that was quite odd because we already knew that Edison wouldn't be starting, but he will start here, so they will be at full strength. So I don't anticipate the market kind of moving in any sort of weird directions from here. Um, and I think the FA Cup match, the fact they weren't at their best is probably a, a good thing for City because it's allowed them to have a bit of a tune-up with their best eleven in a match played under fierce pressure. They got the job done. I know Walker was put under pressure as, as well at times and he will do so here again with, with Dumfries and DiMarco. You know, Inter do like to sort of attack down the flanks with those wing-backs. But um, yeah, I expect, as you say, Inzaghi is a, a bit of a cup specialist, but um I'd be surprised if he tried to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Man City here. I think Inter's aim is to, to be relatively pragmatic. They can be defensive. They will try to flood the channels, sit deep, contain, control what they can. 
out of possession, aim to frustrate and stay in this match for as long as possible. And then when the ball is turned over, look towards Dzeko and, and Lautaro to play off him. Uh, obviously, they've got ability in midfield to score goals from range. They've got ability from set pieces as well. There's plenty of height and defence uh, for those set piece deliveries from Chanoglu. Um But uh, yeah, I guess I look back to the Coppa Italia final a fortnight ago against Fiorentina and they had such a dreadful start, conceded really early, and then Lautaro's expert finishes before half time kind of turned the tie on its head. You can't afford to start slowly against this Man City team. It will be a bit of a death sentence to, to Inter Milan. So I'm, I'm really intrigued to how they do set up and, and kind of attack this match because City clearly, player for player and, and man for man and budget wise, are, are far superior. And the way in which we saw them sort of take Real Madrid and Bayern Munich apart was was incredibly impressive. But uh, I think it's probably telling that both of those big performances came at the Etihad and and actually City haven't won away from home in the knockout stage of the Champions League. We talked about their record away from the Etihad in the Premier League last week, just one win at the top nine, and that was Arsenal. But um, clearly on their day, they're, they're as good as anyone. And, and the way in which they've had to reach this final, beating those elite teams shows that they're more than good enough to, to sort of obviously see into Milan with room to spare. But I, I just don't see it being a, a walkover win. Um, what I would say, though, uh, concerningly, and the only sort of caveat I have to this is the fact that these matches took place a long, long time ago. It's been a hell of a long season. But if you go back all the way back to the group stages, interplayed Bayern Munich in the group stages, home and away, they lost quite comprehensively 2-0 uh, in both fixtures. They lost the shot count 23-7 in Munich and 21-9 in Milan. The aggregate XG came out to 4.23 to, to 1.47. Now, this is a further step up in class and, and clearly... Bayern Munich are a different kind of team, a different kind of unit to Manchester City. But uh, that would be slightly concerning to me. So I, I would expect them to be quite defensively minded, to try to stay in this match for as long as they possibly can. But ultimately, you would back Man City to get the job done. So last week's bet, we put up City to win under the four and a half goals uh, at around about evens or just shorter than that. It's actually just eight to 11 this time around, which um, isn't hugely palatable. But uh, I think it's still possibly the one of the better routes to go into this fixture because it gets that range of correct scores on side. And, you know, you're effectively backing Man City to win to nil as well as to win and both teams to score, covering the, the likely correct scores. And I went over the last um, 53 Europa Cup, European Cup finals. Uh, of course you of, did. <laughs> <laughs> just two of them featured five goals or more. Uh, and if you look at the last four in particular, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0, 2-0, 2-0 uh, it tends to be a relatively tight fixture. And... Uh, yeah, I just, I just think Inzaghi and Inter Milan are a bit too smart, a bit too savvy to be drawn into a, a gunfight with Man City. They're, they'll be well aware of the threats that they pose, but you know they're no slouchers themselves. They're well capable of being competitive. The data doctor will see you now in for goals. Jake Olskothorpe's been looking at the numbers, so you don't have to. Jake, we know what a good side City are, but you've been telling us actually a few times this season that Inter's underlying numbers in Serie A haven't been that far short of Napoli, and obviously Napoli with the runaway winners of the Scudetto. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's how it finished the season. They were just behind them in terms of um, XG metrics, expected goals for, against. They were very close to Napoli come the end of the campaign. Um, now, obviously, Napoli took the foot off the gas, didn't they, a little bit, which perhaps let Inter uh, gain some ground there. But I do think it just shows that the, this Inter team, they are very close to that level. Now, Napoli were a big disappointment, weren't they, in this competition? We were all expecting them to to at least get to the final, given the draw that, that how the draw played out. Um, so, how much we can take into that, I'm not too sure. But what we do know is that defensively, Inter are very solid. They are solid. Um, just 1.0 expected goals against per game this season across all competitions. Um, so they don't give up too many good chances on a regular basis. Um, 
this is just going to be a really interesting clash of styles. Um, it can be a, a, one of those games that reminds you of almost a Man City v Spurs match at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where City are going to have loads of possession, loads of territory, and it's just a case of can they break them down? And if they can't, then you, you do know that Inter are going to get a couple of chances to break. Um, now, the only issue I have with, or the only difference I see between Inter and Spurs is that Inter don't have, in my opinion, as explosive forward players as what Spurs have on their day, obviously with Kane and Son. Um, you know, you're looking at Lautaro and it's probably going to be Dzeko from the start. Lautaro, really have... big game player though, scored twice in the Coppa Italia final, streaky player, but when he's on form, can do a bit of damage. Yeah, I won't put him in the class of Kane or Son, personally. Um, and I don't think he scares you as much as those kind of players do, especially on the counter-attack. So, um, yeah, I do think it's going to be a bit more more of a trying to weather the storm, really, for Inter, and just trying to feed off scraps, which I, th- I think, you know, the bet I've, I've got up here is, is very similar to what Mark's already suggested, which is like a low-scoring City win. I've gone a, a goal lower. I've gone City to win under three and a half goals, which is at 2.4. Um and yeah, you know, as we've said, City have been excellent. Defensively, they are one of the best teams in Europe, according to expected goals, just 0.9 expected goals against per game. Um, and they're racking up over 2.2 expected goals for per game across all competitions. So um, yeah, it's going to be difficult to stop them. Inter, as I said, defensively solid, but they've only conceded, or they've lost 15 in 50 this season, but only four of those have seen four or more goals in those defeats. So when they lose, it tends to be, by a narrow margin, a low-scoring game, um, lower than four goals. So I thought City to win under, under 3.5 at 2.4 was a pretty big price. And like Mark said, generally, these European finals tend to be quite low-scoring games, just any finals in general, because of the pressure and everything that, that's on there. Um, so yeah, that, that's the way I would be swaying in this one. Odds compiler, tipster and arguably the most important football personality in Malta since Michael Mifsud, Mark Stinchcomb, is with us. Stinch, what's your angle of attack here? Yeah, so I was looking at the uh, the odds for uh, obviously the, the match and the, and the total goals and tried to basically find some anomalies where maybe we could take advantage. You look at City being 4-9 to nine on the sports book. Mark mentioned that they went off at 8-13 to 13 against United and it drifted from the, the same 4-9. to nine. So kind of basically what the market was saying before the match was um, Man United are the same or very similar in terms of overall ability to enter. Um, and if you look at City this season against uh, decent sides uh, at home, they're similarly priced, I would say. So four to seven home to Madrid, four to six Arsenal, eight to thirteen Bayern, four to six Liverpool, four to eleven Leipzig, and one to two against Newcastle. Now they're obviously all at home, so if they're on neutral ground, those odds would all be higher. So basically, they're saying, even with uh, City being four to eleven v Leipzig, they're saying that Inter are worse than Leipzig, or only slightly. Um, so kind of like, does that make sense? If you look at Inter's closing odds. Uh, they're 11 to 8 in the first leg away to Milan. Um, they're evens at home to Juventus, and we know Juventus not really rated by the market. Um, Sevilla, Atalanta, Napoli have all gone off faves against Juventus in the last six weeks. And you look at the round before, uh, into a 9 to 4 away at Benfica. So, in actual fact, I don't think this 4 to 9 is, uh, is an anomaly. Uh, essentially, that's what. I think the um, I think all these odds are very very well correlated. So I don't think there's any perceived value, unless you disagree, obviously, of course, with the, the closing price. 
Um, you look at the two managers' records in finals. Uh, well, we know Pep record is you know impeccable, just two defeats. Uh, obviously, the one v Chelsea where he left out a holding midfielder and um, um, defeat uh, at Barcelona versus Real Madrid where uh, Mourinho fielded Pepe as a central midfielder. So maybe that's where uh, Guardiola has been going wrong. So, but I would, I think all of us would be shocked if Rodri doesn't start right. And uh, I think he's that. <laughs> At least most of all, Rodri, I would think, <laughs> after last time. Yes, exactly. And uh, Might have I think... in a headlock, I think, if he doesn't pick him for this one. And I think with this new formation where Stones comes and sort of assists him as well, I think that's obviously going to be crucial when you're coming up against Inter's three-man midfielder, who, yeah. who, who are all very workmanlike, I would say. Um, you mentioned Simone Inzaghi's record, uh, three Coppa Italias and four Italian Super Cups domestically. But I have got some reservations with him against elite opposition. Mark kind of touched on it. He's lost four out of four against Bayern, um, scored two, conceded 10. That's uh, when he was in, also in charge of Lazio. Lost two out of two v Real Madrid, uh, lost 3-0 there on aggregate. And he lost the first leg against Liverpool 2-0, obviously won the, the second leg, but you know it wasn't a game that Liverpool needed to win. So overall, you know he's lost seven of those eight matches and only scored three goals whilst conceded 15. So... Yeah, I do worry really. I mean, the odds we, you know, uh, City two to nine to lift the trophy. Um, I don't think it's it's hard to sort of disagree with it really. Um, in terms of the goal line, over two and a half goals is favourite eight to eleven. Um, you know, generally that's quite normal in City games, but um, I'm not sure. Jake sort of touched on it there. I'm not sure you necessarily want to be automatically on that, given it's the final. You know, the occasion, the jeopardy. Um, We've seen in the FA Cup final, it was actually quite closer than maybe the odds initially suggested. Um, and yeah, 10 of the last 15 Champions League finals have finished under two and a half goals. In that FA Cup final, City only created 1.22 expected goals. Um, you know, so maybe this long season is catching up with them a little bit. Um, and yeah, just going back to those Inzaghi matches against elite level opposition, on average, they, they're losing 0.38 goals to 1.88. And, you know, personally, 2-0 feels like the most likely scoreline and is actually the favourite, along with 1-0 at 11-2. So, yeah, I'm with the guys uh, expecting a, a City victory, but not. it's not um, re reinventing the world suggests that it's not going to be a high-scoring game, given the fact that it's a final. And last but by no means least, trader, tipster and renowned trance DJ Emmett O'Keefe is with us. Uh, Emmett City, a hard team to oppose. Do we give Inter any hope? And if we do, how are they going to do it? Um, I would give Inter. I would give Inter some hope. I, I, I like, um, like Jake, Jake said, their underlying numbers have been kind of strong all season, and I. I do think I think there is probably an argument you can make. They probably are. They are. They are a bit big here. Just if you look to some of the most recent matches, our city have played like they've been. City were around close to one point seven at home to Arsenal, which meant they would be around one point eight three in a neutral pitch. Last week they were over one point six against Man United, and you know they were missing. I think probably their second best player this season in Lissandro Martinez. And obviously, obviously, Ederson will come back in instead of Ortega, so you would shorten them based on that. But I think if Inter played Man United on a neutral pitch with the current state, like I think the odds would be close, if 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 not Inter favourite. So I, I think maybe I find the one point five around City fairly unbackable. I think if you're going to get it with City, I would definitely look at kind of getting a goal line in there, including that. Cause I, I, I I I do think they are they they are a little bit short. Um, 
having said that, I do think it's it is hard to kind of hard to conceive of Inter having the kind of attacking potency to really, really cause City problems. I, I do think if Inter are going to have, have a realistic chance, I think they have to make the brave call with and, and not start Edin Dzeko here and start Romelu Lukaku. The reasoning here is that Edin Dzeko at the age he is, is, is purely a box striker. And the reality is it, it, the Inter strikers won't get many opportunities in the box in this match. Just to kind of illustrate the difference between the two players, Lukaku, according to who scored, is averaging around 1.4 key passes per game in the last three seasons with Inter. Dzeko's averaging half. Uh, uh, half that number this season at, at uh, 0.7. Lukaku's averaging 0.32 assists per game in Serie A this season. Dzeko averaging 0.16. So again, that, that just illustrates you. I think they have to play with the... They have to... The reality is they're going to get very few opportunities in this match. All of them will be on the counter-attack. And their best chance of starting counter-attacks is with that Lukaku-Martinez um, partnership. So I hope I hope, I hope Simone Inzaghi is, is braver. It doesn't just pick Dzeko because he... Because he, because he scored a nice goal in the semi-final. Um, and like, I think clearly Man City have had the kind of far, hard, far harder side of the draw than Inter. It's pretty probably unlikely Inter would have came through the kind of gauntlet of Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich and Real Madrid. I just do think what's in Inter's favour is how comfortably they won both the quarter and semi-finals. Like I think I, I, I think I and many others would would have fancied Benfica to kind of qualify or at least run them close, and they and they came through that tie relatively comfortably. Obviously, Milan were a limited side. AC Milan were a very limited side with kind of injury issues to Rafael Leao, but they did at least dispatch them with relative ease. It looked like a team that was at least, I, I think capable capable of playing on this level. Again, also in their fa- in their favor, as Jake mentioned, like Man City actually don't see <clears throat> teams that play kind of a back three very effectively in the Premier League. Like Tottenham in previous years have caused them trouble. Also, we saw Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea cause them trouble with that system when they won the Champions League. And unlike, say, what we've seen with Tottenham this year for, from the wing backs, DeMarco and Dumfries are genuine attacking threats yeah. that can kind of that can kind of link the attack. So I think there are aspects of kind of Inter's play and, and the way they set up that will that will cause them problems. Also, just on that tie last season against against Liverpool. Like, I thought Inter caused um, Liverpool problems for long stretches of that tie. Like in the first leg, they were kind of the better team for 60 minutes and then Liverpool's subs could change that game. And then at Anfield, like they, they came to Anfield and won the game. And if it wasn't for the Alexis Sanchez red card, that that tie again could have been closer. So I think there are... There are there are enough signs to me that Inter kind of can can kind of step up in class and probably make this make this game kind of a bit closer than than the odds suggest. Um, if I was looking at Inter, I'd maybe look at Inter. I, I, I can't quite get I can't get to a pro Inter bet, but I was looking, looking at maybe them to win kind of either half at around twelve to five on Betfair. Just the way I like that. That kind of bet is just say if City are kind of hammering them and City are up two 0 at half time, we'll say you could easily see Inter kind of winning the second half and kind of and kind of taking the bet that way, or maybe Inter surprising City and being one 0 up half time before City come on strong in the second half. So if if you're going to get get with Inter, that's that's probably the way I'd go. Worth bearing in mind, by the way, if you place a £5 bet builder on the Champions League final, then you get a £5 free bet to use on bet builders. T's and C's in the description, 18 plus, see gambleaware.org. 
Thrilled to say that Betfair will have a roving reporter in Istanbul in the next few days. Thrilled to say that Sam Rosbottom's giving us a few minutes before he jets off to Turkey. Glitz and glamour all the way with our Sam, it always is. Sam, for City, this has been the holy grail for so long. Fell short in the 2021 final. What do you make of their chances this time around? Well, it's interesting some of the the quotes that have been coming out from the players, isn't it, recently? But in particular, the interview with Erling Haaland when he casually and very nonchalant says, well, you know, they've not won the Champions League and that's why they brought me in. Uh, and it's an incredible chance they've got, not just to to win the, the trophy that they've been seeking for so long, but also to do what is you know, only ever been done once before in in British football history, and that is the treble. There are shorts two to nine. So, Kev, they've got a pretty good chance, the market would suggest. And, um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous, really, how short they are, given given that, um, you know, the, the treble is now, you know, effectively two to nine to lift, lift the Champions League trophy. Looking at the match odds in the game, as short as four to nine on the sports book uh, for them to to win in 90 minutes. I think a lot of people are kind of expecting from City what they were expecting of them in the FA Cup. Uh, and that was to absolutely blow Manchester United away. And 13 seconds in, it looks as though uh, that was going to be the case. But I think in the end, it was a lot tighter than people anticipated. And I actually think we're going to we're going to get that again on Saturday. I think, you know, we can expect a tighter fare, but one that, that City should. Um, you know, get the result in the end. I mean, it's going to be a story either way, isn't it, if they don't? Now, it's always a massive betting event, the Champions League final. Just give us an idea of the kind of scale of that. Yeah, of you know, it's one of the biggest games of the season, isn't it? And of course, with that comes the popularity. Lots of people are going to be watching it. And especially when there's a British side in the final of the Champions League, it's always even more popular. The markets are always a lot hotter. Um Looking at, uh, you know, obviously I'm, I'm going to be heading out there. I'm really looking forward to being uh, involved and, and getting stuck in with the, the fans and the supporters. And uh, of course, there'll be lots of content across our Betfair social channels. I'm going to be doing an Istanbul diary, keeping you uh, all up to date with my antics. And of course, uh, everything that I'm uh, picking up from the ground and I'll be laying that uh, across our social channels. So uh, do it's check. It's not just going to be you in a bar, right? <laughs> no, 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 not just, not just in a bar. Not just I'm gonna that. Be, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be uh, out and about as well, and, and getting the opinions of fans. Of course, we're going to be hearing from some uh, some experts as well from the football media side of things. We're going to be joined uh, by a couple of uh, very high profile journalists who I'll be chatting to as well. So, really looking forward to it. And of course, with my blue tinted spectacles on, I do hope that it's going to be a, a lot better than that one in Porto. Yeah, we'll come back to that in a moment, actually. If you were going to give us a couple of tips, you're feeling about how this is going to go, what would you give us? Well, if I'm looking at the markets and I'm looking at uh, some value and, and if I, you know, having watched Manchester City a lot this season and particularly in the, the European competitions, I think the, the best thing is we don't really have to second guess a Pep Guardiola starting eleven, which is always a bonus, to be honest with you, because uh, we have had sometimes where we've had to scratch our head. But I think he's got that out of his system now, which is to the um, to the pleasure of, of many Manchester City fans. I think um, the positive going into this is we probably know that starting 11, it's going to be the same starting 11 bar, uh, a change to the goalkeeper from that FA Cup side. Uh, you know, the team that played against Real Madrid, I think we'll, we'll see them. It's worked so effectively with that 
that move with John Stones in the middle. So looking at the markets with that in mind, uh, I believe that it's going to be a fantastic battle down Manchester City's left side, down into Milan's right side with with Jack Grealish and, and Denzel Dumfries. You know, they Inter Milan don't tend to change much their side either, so I'm, I'm expecting him to play. Um, I can see uh, Dumfries being carded with just the way Jack Grealish plays, the way this is such a, a big game. He, he does really well to you know, to try to get past players. And I think the way that Inter will play as well, that will um, suit Jack Grealish down to the ground there. So I'm expecting a bit of a battle down that side. And then on the other side, Bernardo Silva, who, um, he's, you know, he's, he's not the, the cleanest of players in these big games. I'm looking at his, um, his fouls record. He, he averages 1.3 fouls per Champions League game. And I don't want to take any thunder away from the rest of the guys, but I am looking at Bernardo Silva to commit two or more fouls in the Champions League final. I think the way Inter are going to be playing, they're going to be sitting back and then looking to counter City. I think that could, um, you know, come from that, that right-hand side. Bernardo Silva could, could be the guy uh, that likes to put in a few tactical fouls. And I think, um, yeah, for him to, to commit two or more fouls at, at 11 to 10 is, is a decent price. And likewise, Dumfries at 21 to 10 to be shown a card. I'd be throwing them in my bet builder. And just finally, Sam, as a City fan, we don't hide who we support on this show. Uh, who, what does it mean to you? What would it mean to you to finally see them lift the trophy? It's absolutely surreal. And I, and I go back to you know your, your first question. Not only can they win the Champions League final, but it's for the third trophy of the season to complete the treble, um, which is absolutely surreal. Um, I was at Wembley on 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 Saturday and my overriding emotion at the full-time whistle was relief, um, which was very strange because we just won the FA Cup, but it was a massive relief, obviously a massive game against Manchester United. And then it was on to the, to the next one, the Champions League final. But um, yeah, it's going to be ridiculous, really. I was really fortunate and lucky to, to be in Porto for the... The Champions League final defeat against Chelsea, that was obviously a, a major disappointment. That was a very surreal moment as well because it was uh, you know, my first game back at live football post-COVID. So I was quite emotional that it was my first game back watching football. It was a Champions League final, but then also watching my team in the Champions League final was uh, bizarre, really bizarre. So I think um, Saturday, if they do do what the odds would suggest and um, get it done, then it's just going to be insane isn't it very surreal but Lots then we'll see what we'll see what happens with these 115 charges well yes oh he's dropped a bit of controversy in at the end there both sides uh off the coin there uh have a great time Drink lots of water before bed, of course. You know, standard practice if you're going to go out. You know, you don't want those hangovers in the morning. Uh, have a wonderful time in Istanbul. Lots of good content coming your way uh, on the Betfair social media channels from Sam while he's out there. So, Sam, have a wonderful time in Istanbul. Cheers, guys. Now that we've heard from Sam then, let's move on to potential goal scorers. Emmett, there's going to be a lot of focus on Erling Haaland. But I have to say, I was looking through them. Ilkay Gundogan seemed a great bet to me at 4.8 on the exchange. I mean, there's a big game player right there. They're the two I was looking at. I was looking at Gundogan and the player who I will give as kind of as a tip for a small bet is Rodri. He's only scored twice in the lead this year, but he's actually underperformed his XG by quite a bit. He scored a spectacular goal 
against uh, against Bayern already this season, the Champions League. He's the fourth most shots of any City player behind De Bruyne, Haaland, and Gundogan. So he he will at least he will at least give you a chance if you're backing him. I think just the way this game could set up with Inter kind of playing a low block, it might be one of those games where it's De Bruyne and Rodri getting a lot of shots off from distance. So at, at, at kind of a bigger price, that's the way I deem it. I wouldn't put you off Gundogan either. Stinch, who are you looking at here? Well, I don't really want to be with any Inter players because of the the lack of goals City concede and how much we expect to sort of dominate the match. But there's there's that always means that there could be value still. It just you know you get bigger prices. But actually, what puts me off massively with getting with with any Inter players really um, to score is the number of subs that Simone Inzaghi makes. You look at Guardiola; he made 118 subs in the league this season. Inzaghi made 187 which wow. is, you know, 69 more, which is a huge leap. You look at in the Champions League, Pep's made 37 substitutions and Zaghi's made 56. So that sort of really puts me off. And then you look at, you know, Inter's top goal scorer in the Champions League is Eden Zeko with four goals. Although you have to consider the class of who they came against, three against Victoria Pilsen and, and one v Milan. He's actually been subbed in nine of his 10 starts, uh, averaging just 71 minutes. So, you know, again... <laughs> It's I, a nightmare for a goal scorer bet, isn't it? Exactly. I hate this five sub rule because it really you got to be really careful. So that's some sort of my big advice here is to have a, if you're looking at a player based bet, just have a look and, and take into account their sort of expected minutes if you like. Um, you know, and I would just maybe take a little bit off your your stake if if you know if they're for example, Zeko with that seventy one minutes, that says that he plays seventy nine percent of the match. So maybe just use seventy nine percent of the stake you expected to to place if for example. Um, and then obviously the main man for City is uh, Mr. Erling Haaland. Um, I think we've talked rather um, sort of brazenly at the fact that he's very decent price to score in these games recently where City haven't needed to win. Um, but he's only got one goal in his last six starts, which is uh, very it's terrible. Surprising. Get him out. <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Um, 52 it's all goals over. though. <laughs> 52 goals though in 52 games uh, 52 starts so like um, you know fantastic um, if you look at the, the when he's on the pitch he scores 43% of City's goals this season so they've scored 121 goals while he's been on the pitch and based on the current expected goals and supremacy in this match that would sort of have him as 12-5 to five to score first uh, 4-6 to six to score any time 7-2 to two to score two or more 15-1 to one for the hat-trick Unfortunately, if you look on the sports book, his odds are twelve to five to score first, four to six anytime, ten to three for a brace, and thirteen to one for a hat trick. So literally, unless you disagree with you know the expected goals and yeah. how much better you make City than Inter, unfortunately, there's no value there. Jake, what would you be taking a look at in this goal scorer market? Yeah, a bit annoyed actually that you went to Emmett first because he stole my pick as of Rodri. Um, yeah, I think we're both on the same lines. Though. Yeah, Emmett, it's all your fault. <laughs> it's your fault, Emmett. Gosh. Um, but no, yeah, we're on the same lines in thinking that this is going to be Inter basically parked in their own 18-yard box uh, and it's going to be a City firing squad from the edge of the box. Um, and Rodri, he, you know, we've seen him score long-range goals for uh, a few a few a season. That does tend to happen when you rack up the attempts. Um, the other thing I, I like about Rodri is that he is a, a threat from set pieces. And we've seen this season just how yeah. good City have been from set pieces. You know, I think it's been said pretty much every time in commentary over the last month and a half, two months by either Neville or Carragher, just that how big of a side City are now. They are, they've are they got some really big units. And Rodri's one of those. And 
that that means that City have, have generated 0.4 xG from set pieces alone on a per game basis this season, which is, equates to around four attempts from set pieces. Um, Does that bring players like Stones and Ake into play? Because it seems to remember Ake's got a couple of big goals. I think he got the winner against Liverpool in the League Cup. Stones has shown up with a few things. Does that does that bring guys like that into play then, if we're talking about those big guys loading the box? Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely would be swayed towards um, Ake more than Stones in that regard, just because his XG um, per 95 is higher and, and it, well, his goal tally is, is higher as well. Um, Stones is usually the guy that's the knockdown guy as opposed to the, the, the person who wins the second ball. Um, but yeah, Ake is around 10 to 1, which is a big price as well. I definitely won't put anyone off that. And Rodri, I think we're getting 11.5 on the exchange. Um, but the other one I just thought was, was interesting. I know we've said we don't expect Guardiola to tinker. But thinking about what we've been talking about in terms of how City kind of struggled against the Spurs back three and that this, this Inzaghi setup is very similar to Conte when he was at Inter. Um, I do wonder if he might mix it up up front a little bit because we, we, when they have played against a back three, you know, Haaland's great, but he has been a little bit, just he's just outnumbered. It's a 3v1 situation, isn't it? Uh, we saw Brentford do a really good job on him at the Etihad. Um, I just wonder if he might put Julian Alvarez alongside him just to just to give a little bit more, not help, but just look, just cause a bit more chaos, an extra body up yeah. there for him to, to deal with. You know, someone dropping deep, someone spinning, just rather than just one person. Um, so, it, you know, that'd be something I keep an eye on the team news. I'm not expecting him to do that, but if he does, then I think Julian Alvarez um, to score any time would be interesting as well. His XG figures are quite high. He's at 0.5 expected goals per 95 minutes this season. And we've seen what he's like in, when, when, you know, when, the, when the, the light shines brightest, he tends to, to turn up. So, yeah, uh, if, you, if, if he does start alongside uh, Erling Haaland, I would be looking at Alvarez at the price as opposed to, to the Terminator. Mark, we've had lots of City players. Are you going City or is there an Inter player that might be worth a look? There isn't, is there? <laughs> nah, unfortunately not. Um, I'm going with, uh, I think, your shout, Kev, uh, Ilkay Gundogan. Um, 4.8 on the exchange. Um, I thought that goals. was massive, by the way. I know he's a midfielder. I know he doesn't get loads. But that game against Villa last season with the title on the line, he scored twice. Scored twice in the FA Cup final. He just turns up in big games. He does. And, you know, City will be in, what, 3-4-2-1 uh, in possession, basically, with Stones kind of filling in there as well. He will be one of the more advanced players in the City setup, really. And I think he's such a smart and savvy guy. He knows how to, to time his runs into the box to, to join the attack as well. And I also think there's a, a case when opposition teams probably look towards, or they're drawn towards Haaland, obviously, then De Bruyne and Grealish. They're the sort of key influences you kind of look to to kind of thwart, really. And I think Gundogan can often go unnoticed in the way he uh, sort of drifts into the box, goes into quality positions. He's got 11 goals across all comps this season for City, but six of those have come in the last month alone. Uh, obviously, the two in the FA Cup, two against Everton, two against Leeds. He's had at least one shot in 15 of his last 16 matches as well. Um, and yeah, I just think he's a, he's a guy in, in great form right now. There's obviously those rumours as well sort of surrounding his future. Will he be at Man yeah. City next season too? So there could be something sentimental going on here too towards the end of the match if City are comfortably ahead with sort of 10, 15 minutes to go, whether it's a set piece, even a penalty. I know 
that will probably drive Pep Guardiola no, crazy. No, Pep will kill them. <laughs> if they try that again, Pep will be on with the knives. I don't, I don't think they'll try that again. You never know. If they're 3-0 <laughs> up, you never know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just look back to last week. Volley's on either foot to win the FA Cup. Um, just brilliant finishing. The goal against Everton was just incredible, really. Just the, the awareness of... Uh, what was going on around him? Uh, yeah, I think he's a very influential player, and uh, I think there's so many different ways in which he can pop up with a goal. Uh, I think that offers a, a nice price at 4.8, far far superior to the price on the day. So De Bruyne or Grealish. So um, yeah, I'd much prefer to be with Gundogan. In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the halftime break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important half-time break. Or deposit limits, to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18plusbegambleaware.org This is the kind of big game where the traders like Emmett work hard to give betters so many angles to choose from. In the props markets, this is where Stinch comes alive. Stinch, what stands out to you here? Um, I really like, you just touched on him, Ilkay Gundogan to get booked at 5-1. to one. He's been booked in five of his last 12 Champions League starts away from the Etihad. So he's booked v Madrid, Bayern, Dortmund, Chelsea and Olympiacos. So you know, a lot of big games there. Um, he was booked in the last Champions League final, which is obviously against Chelsea. Um, he was also booked during this period coming on as a sub where it's sporting. Uh, the referee here is uh, Seisman uh, Marcinek. I pronounced that nearly correct. Shimon um, Marciniak, yes. There we go. Thank you, Kev. Um, who booked him at home to Madrid as well. And as you just touched on, it could be his last game. So there could be some, you know, extra motivation, extra pressure. Um, then even little things like, you know, if he took his shirt off, if he scored or ran into the crowd or something like that. So I think that's... Well, hits uh, Guardiola when they try that penalty thing and Guardiola comes on with a chair, WWE style, <laughs> ready to hit him. So, uh, yeah, I quite like that. And then the other one I, I really like the look of is um, Matteo Damian, if we expect him to line up on the right side of the, the three into three man into defence to commit two or more fouls at 11 to 5. Obviously likely to be up against Jack Grealish along with Dumfries. Um, but Dumfries is only four to six for two or more fouls. So I think the value there is with Damian. Um, the Grealish is the fourth most fouled player this season in the Champions League. Uh, obviously a smaller sample size if you look across both Champions League and Premier League Grulish has fouled nearly three times per game 2.7 and referee uh, actually penalised Damian with three fouls when Inter went away to Porto when Damian was up against uh, Wanderson uh, Galeno who's a, a tricky winger yeah. who's fouled a similar amount of times to Grulish so seeing as he struggled to cope with him I would imagine he'd have an even more tough time against Grealish and I do expect um, we've already seen Roma and Fiorentina in European finals how how can I put it politely um, bend the rules as much as possible um, so <laughs> yeah. this could be something that uh, into target Mark which way would you go with these um, yeah I'm not quite buying into the being a massive card count in this match. Um, Marciniak is a referee who, across his Champions League career, averages about 4.2 cards, which is a, a reasonable total for European football. He did the City 4-0 against Real Madrid. He did Napoli's second leg against Milan in the quarterfinals. He's very experienced. He's 
he's quite comfortable giving out cards, but he does have a tendency to try and keep them in his pocket for as long as possible. Um, I guess I'd call him a second half referee in terms of what he does with his cards. And I think there has been maybe not an official or certainly not released to the public, but there does seem to be a directive from UEFA um, in these big European finals to try and keep 11 men on the field at all costs, try and let the, the game flow as often as possible. And God, and they've also, been tested this year. They wow, that severe Roma game, you could have had sent them all off. But I mean, that was quite predictable with the teams on show. And I think Fiorentina have that element of about them too. Inter, individually, there are a few characters there which you'd kind of target to, to sort of collect cards or collect fouls, etc. But um, yeah, I'm expecting there to be a kind of low card total in the first half. And we'll see where we're at in the second half because City could... You know, if the odds are correct, City could run away with this tie and, and that would sort of decrease the, the likelihood of a high card count as well. So if you look at the last 10 Champions League finals, um, six of those have featured a maximum of just three cards, uh, including four of the last five. Uh, three of those actually had one card or zero cards. So I'd be more interested in kind of opposing um, a high card total. Now, Betfair are probably already on top of this because if you look to the market, the, the card line is about four and a half. But um, Betfair are six to ten on under four and a half cards already. So, um, Inter sent their... emails again quickly. <laughs> in, interesting. Four of their six knockout games feature a maximum of four cards, and the same can be said for City in five of their six knockout ties as well. So. Um, there's not a huge amount of value in going under four and a half cards, but if you back Man City to win the match and under four and a half cards, it gets you to five to four, yeah, which I think is actually a, a quite a palatable selection there, and it's quite a nice price because um, I think there will be uh, chatter behind the scenes with the referee to say let's try and keep this the card total down, try and keep eleven on the pitch uh, for both sides, um, and also just in the props. While we're talking about fouls, it's pretty predictable. But uh, Dumfries, since has already mentioned him, he's a bit of a foul magnet anyhow, whether he's playing for Inter or, or the Netherlands. Um, but i also like to chuck in Bernardo Silva again to commit one more, one or more foul and Jack Grealish himself to commit a foul or more. So Dumfries is obvious up against Grealish. Uh, Bernardo Silva, we touched on last week, is now a foul in 17 of his last 18 starts at Man City. But Grealish has actually committed a foul in each of his last eight Champions League starts as well as as eight of his last 10 Premier League fixtures as well. So, you know, I think that's going to be a really enjoyable battle. Sam touched on it already, uh, Dumfries against Grealish, because um, he will get forward and, and Grealish at times has been, you know, known to be a little bit petulant at the best of times. So um, if he is getting fouled by Damian and uh, Dumfries, he will be looking for a bit of payback at some point too. Emmett, you'll have seen a lot of these props pretty early on. Uh, what tickles you fancy here? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I am I'm conscious, as as Mark O'Hare said, that the there definitely has been an emphasis on on on, on kind of reducing the car count, which is is kind of fr fr frustrating for, for for all gamblers who kind of get involved in those markets. I guess that's that's part um, that's part of the reason we found that the fouls markets have been so appealing to customers in that kind of sometimes card bets are kind of dependent on the, the referee's mood, whereas the kind of foul bets are are, are kind of are, are tend to be the same no matter no, no matter no matter what what match it is. Um, and in those in those failed markets, I think yeah, just the the two kind of most obvious candidates to me were Chalanoglu and kind of Bernardo Silva. Chalanoglu incredibly has two plus fouls in nine of his last ten matches. Bernardo has fifteen fouls in his last six matches. And, that, and as kind of Sam was saying, we do kind of send, tend to see a kind of a spike here, Ber, Bernardo in these kind of bigger matches. So five to two in the double on those two plus seems pretty fair to me. The only one I like at a slightly bigger price 
was um, Lautura Martinez to be carded. We know he's a bit of a kind of a hot-headed player at the best of times. He's three cards of the Champions League already this season. And the other thing I like about Lautaro is that he's kind of he's very high up. He's in the, he's in the top two for Inter in kind of in, in, in fouls made and for Serie A. So we we know he'll get the fouls in. So it, it, it's just a question of whether the results in a card. I can see him, especially if it's kind of going City's way, getting quite frustrated if he's kind of isolated up front and not getting much service. So four to one looks fair to me there. Yeah, those fouls markets are great. I looked at bet builders ahead of that Conference League final between West Ham and Fiorentina. And Amrabat to have two plus fouls should have been in every single bet builder that everybody did because that was absolutely nailed on. And I think he might have got four maybe or five uh, by the end of the game. Uh, Jake, what stands out to you? Um, Yes, the... Basically, a mixture of what everyone said. Um, we had success last week, didn't we, with Bernardo Silva? So, I think he's going to be a mainstay in bet builders, uh, particularly when the the stakes are highest. Um, yeah, he's committed one point three fouls per game in the Champions League, so we'll throw him in to have a foul. Uh, Dumfries, which Mark's already mentioned, up against Grealish, likely at times generally is um, a foul merchant at one point one foul per game in the Champions League. And then I, I think Nicola Barella is a nice one to boost the price a little bit. Um, he's he's two to five to register a foul, which is quite big compared to Bernardo at two to nine and uh, and Dumfries at one to eight. But he's averaged one point four fouls per game in the Champions League this season. Um, so the highest of the three players. If you throw all those into a bet builder, you get just shy of eleven to ten. Um, if you throw under four and a half goals in as well, we all think it's going to be quite a low scoring game. Uh, historic precedent said it's going to be a tight, cagey one. Um, you're getting two point four, and that looks very appealing to me. Now, in terms of the odds on that section on the sportsbook, always lots of fascinating options. Emmett, kick us off. What's what's the best option in your view in the odds on that section? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of conscious here of kind of when customers are looking for tips in these markets, they're probably looking at something at kind of ten to one or bigger that they might want to throw to throw kind of ten pounds or ten euro ten euro on. So. In this, it's a speculative category, but I think it's 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 worth a small bet. Is both teams to be awarded a penalty at sixteen to one? The reason reasoning here is City themselves have taken an enormous eighteen penalties in all competitions, which is is an incredible amount. And I think we know with the kind of dribbling ability of of Jack Grealish and kind of how difficult Erling Haaland is to mark in the box, why the why that kind of might be the case. Inter have only taken seven, but I think just we've seen, we saw in the Conference League final, and even though Anthony Taylor didn't give didn't give a penalty in the in the Europa League final, how how much pressure that players are putting on referees to give these decisions when it comes to VAR, and I expect to do Inter something very similar. We saw my eye to get a kind of a a technical penalty in, in the FA Cup final last week and I, I think Simone Inzaghi will be telling the players that to, to, to have a, given we're such heavy underdogs one of our best routes best routes to victory is getting one of said kind of marginal penalties so I, I just think I think I, I think VAR and players appealing to the referee for VAR could be quite a big factor in the game and I'm prepared to take a chance at a kind of a reasonable price of, uh, of 16s here Healthy dose of cynicism to start us off then Jake I'll come to you <laughs> Um, I'm not going as big in terms of price, but there's a couple that, that caught my eye. Um, the shortest one being Gundogan to have a shot on target and to be fouled, which is at 5-4. to four. Um, Champions League this season, he's been fouled an average of 1.2 times per 95 minutes. So 
pretty much in line what we need. And he's also averaging 0.9 shots on target per 95. And, and as we've seen at the back end of the season, he's been City's go-to player in terms of um, scoring goals, getting in advanced positions, testing goalkeepers. Um, so I think that's a, a nice price at 5-4. to four. He's 10-11 to one... 11 just to have a shot on target, which I yeah, found amazing. Is that's, that, that also would be a big one that you could potentially add to a bet builder. Um, yeah, City to win, City most shots on target, City most corners and into most cards at 3-1 to one looked um, quite big. Just given everything that we think about how the game's going to go, the fact that it's going to be uh, you know, attack versus defence for the most part, we know City like to get down the channels and, and pull the ball back, uh, which results in quite a few corners. Um, and yeah, into the, the, the couple of hotheads inside and if, if things aren't going their way, there'll be a bit of frustration. Also, if they're trying to keep it at nil-nil for a long period of time, you can imagine quite a few cynical fouls and potentially a couple of cards. And City are one of the cleaner teams, I think, in terms of cards across Europe, just purely because they have the ball so often. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think three to one about that looks looks a nice part, nice bet. Stinch, where are we going? Yeah, I've got the same bet as them, actually, uh, but it's more for the, the referee. Um, it's only six to four for a, a penalty to be in the match. So... 16 to 1 for both teams to get a penalty is, uh, is enormously, really, in, in my mind. Uh, Marciniak loves a penalty, absolutely loves a penalty. Across his 57 Champions League and Europa League matches in his career, he's given 31 pence. Wow. So you've got, an av- you got an average there of 0.54 per game. Now, if you sort of use that as a basic input, you'd get 11 to 8 for a penalty. So you can see pretty much in line with the, the 6 to 4. So two or more penalties would, would give you 9 to 1. So I think you could use nine to one if it was a 50-50 match, you know, if both teams are sort of 13 to eight. But we know City are massive faves and will dominate a lot of the ball. But uh, I'm still, I'm happy that, you know, you'd move that nine to one, I don't know, maybe 12 to one, 14 perhaps. So you get 16s, I think is a, is a good enough, is a good enough lead, to be honest. Um, you know, Emmett mentioned the introduction of, of VAR. Um, and we saw how easy it was on uh, on Saturday for a penalty to be given against City, um, which I think is going to be the hardest part of this bet, essentially. Uh, but yeah, the ref loves it. He's given he gave both sides a pen in the World Cup final um, just two games ago in the Champions League. This bet won between Napoli and Milan. Uh, they both missed actually uh, in, in that game. Um, but as I say, I'm, I'm slightly apprehensive with with opposing City defensively. But yeah, I think Prevar you get sort of. Mm, sort of nine to four, five to two, generally for penalties to be given. But yeah, you, as I say, you see there now six to four for a penalty. And uh, yeah, I, I'm almost. I said to someone yesterday watching the the West Ham game, I'm almost wondering actually nowadays when do you get into the box, into a tight box, rather than try to pass, cross, shoot. Is it not better just to maybe kick, try and aim the ball at someone's hand? Is that not necessarily like long term? You know, you're turning a very, very, very low chance into 80% chance with a penalty. Uh, I don't like the way football's going, but at the end of the day, you know, we just want to make money. So if that's if that's how it is, we've got to try and take advantage where we can. Nice little glimpse there into what Stinch might be like as a manager. Uh, Mark, what would you pick out for us? Uh, yeah, just a couple. Um, uh, Jake's already sort of touched on one of them. Uh, I've kind of taken the more pragmatic approach, which was uh, 11 to 10 on Man City to win most shots on target and most corners. We already talked about Man City winning the match, but uh, they've had the most shots on target in 31 of 38 Premier League games and 9 of 12 Champions League fixtures. They will dominate the ball, the tempo, the flow, uh, and probably the stats, uh, the shot stats too. And corners-wise, exactly the same hit rate for for 
corners as they're a shot on target. You know, they won the corner count of 31 of 38 domestically and 9 of 12 in the Champions League. So um, you can actually take it to the next level and be a bit more ambitious. There's 11 to 2 about on Man City to score in both halves, to win two or more corners in each half and into to collect a card in each half. And that felt much more generous than perhaps the, the 11 to 10 did there. So that would be where I'd be heading, the 11 to 2. And it's not an official selection, but uh, I thought it was worth flagging. You can get 25 to 1 on Inter, all their starting outfield players to commit at least one foul. Uh, now, it might sound quite ambitious, but I actually banked against Milan in the semi-finals. Uh, and if you look at the expected 11 of Inter, there's not many players there you couldn't build a very strong case for to commit at least one foul. So uh, if they are up against it and they are starved of possession, there is obviously an opportunity for that to cash. Uh, I think, you know, just starting from the front, Dzeko, obvious, Lataro, obvious, midfield, Chananoglu, Barella, um, Brozovic, obvious, the two wing-backs, obvious, and then you're looking at the three centre-halves and they'll have their hands full too. So, um, yeah, I think 25-1, to 1, uh, it's probably not the best value selection, but uh, it could be one just to cheer on for a bit of interest. Uh, Mark always loves to cheer on violence in a game, if he possibly can. This football season, get a helping hand with Betfair's popular bet builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus. See gambleaware.org. Talking of bet builders, they're always a fun thing to cheer on in a game like this. So I've asked the guys to put some together for you. And Mark, we will start with you. Uh, okay, I've got one which I'm going to call under, 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 um, under four and a half goals, <laughs> under four and a half goals, under four and a half cards, under nine and a half corners, uh, which comes in at five to two. Uh, we've covered the goals and the cards angles already, but I think the corners is interesting here because um, obviously game state can massively influence a, a corners based bet. And that's why I don't often get too heavily involved with them pre-match. But um, Man City matches in, in the big matches that matter. Um, the corner counts have been quite low, actually, and they tend to monopolise possession and control the flow, as we know, uh, but they do lack out-and-out wing-backs or wingers uh, that go to the byline and try and get balls into the box. They have players who like to cut in. Uh, they are quite a narrow side, so they do tend to dominate the corner counts for obvious reasons, but um, the actual overall corner totals don't tend to be that high. So in the Premier League, their games have featured eight corners or fewer in nine of the last 13. And in the Champions League, seven of their 12 fixtures saw a maximum of eight corners. Um, I'm looking at under nine and a half here. But if you look at the corner record in the big matches in the Premier League, you've got a total count of six versus Brighton, four versus Arsenal, eight versus Liverpool, five versus Newcastle, three against Arsenal, three and six versus Man City. The FA Cup final last weekend featured just six corners in total as well. So, um, yeah, it feels like a, a good idea to sort of oppose a high corner count in this fixture. Uh, five of the last seven Champions League finals have actually had a maximum of eight corners. Seven of Inter's 12 Champions League matches had no more than nine. And the two legs against Milan produced a total of just 13 corners as well. So, yeah, under corners, under goals, under cards gives you a five to two shot. Um, but my main selection on the match will be a bet builder, which is Man City to win under four and a half goals and Denzel Dumfries to commit at least one foul, uh, which comes in just, just bigger than uh, even money. It's 2.04. Like Mark's limbo bet builder there, trying to stay under as much as possible. Uh, Jake, what have you got for us? Uh, yeah, because leading on what I said earlier about the fouls with uh, Barella, Bernardo, Dumfries, I will also throw Rodri to have a couple of shots in there. It's currently even money, so it's a decent price for a single. Um, it's I think it landed in three of his six Champions League knockout matches, um, given, like we say, given the way we expect the game to go. He loves a pop from this distance. Um, so we would fully expect him to at least take one. 
But he has averaged one and a half shots per game in the Champions League this season. So um, would be a, a nice one to include in any bet builder just to boost the price a little bit. And Emmett, which way would you go? Yeah, for the reasons already already mentioned, I think as Sam said at the top of the show, yeah, I think Bernardo Silva to kind of uh, to come at two plus fouls would be, be the strongest one. I'd include I'd include a bet builder. Yeah, this, if you're doing a four kind of one for four selections, as for the reasons mentioned earlier, yeah, Chalinoglu and Silva to come at two plus fouls, and Rodri and Gundogan to have one shot on target each is is just over sixteen to one. So I think that's that that, that that's pretty worth a small, a small level if you're looking for a big priced option. And Stinch, what bell, bet builders would you put forward? Uh, I went with one that pays just just bigger than double figures, so I thought yeah, it's always fun to cheer on a, a bigger price bet. Um, kind of most of what we talked about, to be honest, City to win, under 4.5 goals, Damian to commit two or more fouls, and the last leg, City to receive two or more cards. Now, I know the guys might be a little bit um, apprehensive about backing cards, but I think what's in the favour here is if we do expect City to win, you know, this is historic isn't it, if they, if they win first Champions League trophy, winning the treble. We saw on Saturday the time-wasting they employed towards the end of the game, and I think that's something we can see, we, we would likely to see throughout. I wouldn't be surprised um, to see yeah, players booked for, for time-wasting. And um, Marciniak booked uh, three uh, City players when um, when City beat Real Madrid 4-0. So even then, when the, the game state was... Uh, Massively in their favour, he still found cards, and um, yeah, overall he's ref City twice and showed them four cards across across the games, and that's kind of what really boosts up the price. Um, but I'm happy to sort of take a chance because I, you know, I'd say if City do win this as we expect them to do, then yeah, I don't see uh, I don't see a, a scenario where they're not trying to manage the game in in that sort of capacity. Well, if I was going to throw anything into it I'd say Gundogan to have a shot on target at 10 to 11 I still can't get over that I think he's bound to be involved in dangerous attacking situations so maybe have Manchester City to win and Gundogan to have a shot on target that's all we have time for on this very special Champions League final edition of Football Only Better please do remember to gamble responsibly that's our final show of the season but we will be back bigger and better than ever ahead of the new campaign with the old face favourites like Scott Watch and the podcast Treble, but with some new features as well. Thanks to all the tipsters, traders, our producers, Jack and Kieran, and all of the people who keep this show on the road. And of course, most importantly, thanks to the listeners and the viewers. If it wasn't for you, we'd all have to go and get proper jobs. From the whole Football Only Better team and from me, it's goodbye for now.